Welcome to the Heart Kids podcast. Join us to hear stories of Australians affected by childhood heart conditions. My name is Rachel Knowles and I'm one of your hosts. I'm 24, I'm a journalist, and I live with a congenital heart condition. I was born with tricuspid artresia and had Fontan surgery at the age of two. I'm passionate about people and their stories, and I'm excited to walk with you on this journey as we share experiences and learn more about those of us living with childhood heart conditions. To begin, we'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land in Warrung, otherwise known as Sydney. We acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and the land that you're listening in from today. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging, and pass that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners. This episode, we have Tegan. Tegan is from New South Wales. She was born with a congenital heart condition and had a Fontan procedure in 1991. Now, Tegan's 34 years old and a mother of three. Her experience of pregnancy has been different each time and not always smooth. But through family planning with her cardiologist and her healthcare team, mum and bubs are happy, healthy and thriving. Tegan, welcome on the podcast. Can you let me know where you are joining us today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry, was that where I'm joining you from? Yes, it was. Yes, I'm joining you from Camden in New South Wales. Beautiful, beautiful. Lovely to have you with us. So tell me a little bit about your heart condition. Yeah, well, I was born with four heart defects. I've got single ventricle of the left kind, pulmonary stenosis, ASD, which has been corrected, and I also have dextrocardia. Wow. Okay. Tell me, when were these diagnosed? Were they all diagnosed together or separately? What did that look like for you? Yeah, well, um, they were. I was diagnosed with all of these at seven weeks old. So apparently for the first seven weeks of my life, I just cried and my mum couldn't work it out. I had an older brother, so she knew that something wasn't right. And she just went to doctor after doctor after doctor until one of them finally said, okay, there's something not right here. And they looked into it a bit further and heard a heart murmur. The next thing that they knew, they were up at hospital and they found out that I had all these heart defects, which they didn't know up until that point. I imagine the next step was surgery. The next step was surgery. I'm not 100% sure about this time because obviously I was so young, but they were told that to go to hospital, I'm pretty sure the next day, and they'd probably, I'd go under surgery straight away. But when I went in, they looked at everything and because I of the four defects I actually had, they decided to hold off until I was four um, if I was going so well, just so my heart was a bit stronger and I was a bit bit more stronger. I wasn't so tiny. Um, so yeah, we didn't. I didn't have surgery until I was four. Okay. Do you know much about those first four years of your life? Um, look, it was pretty normal for me up until I went to hospital. I was just a normal kid. I didn't Mum and dad never stopped me from doing anything that I can remember. They just treated me normal. They they did sell their house. We were living up at Penrith, actually, and they did sell and we went over to America for six months and travelled. They made that a very big thing to do as a family, which I remember a lot of. But as far as my um, heart condition goes, I couldn't tell you that anything was different from any other child up until I heard I had surgery when I was four. I think that's absolutely insane that how amazing that you know pick up and, and move to the states and kind of you yeah. know live live your life. I guess 4 years old you you had your surgery. Uh what did that look like for you? What what did the surgery kind of entail? Look, I don't remember much of it. I've got to be honest with you because 
mum and like I said, mum and dad treated me really normal, like no different. I had an older brother and I just did what he did. And um, I can't even tell you them sitting me down and saying, you're going to hospital, you're doing this. Like there was none of that. I just remember the day we went in um, and that that's all I remember. I remember waking up after the surgery and I do remember getting out of bed and having to walk. And the one thing I do remember about being in hospital is there was a a birthday party happening and they made me walk to this birthday party and then they said sorry you can't have any cake and made me walk back to my room but they're the only things mum said I was in hospital for 10 days and I don't remember much of it I just remember the pain I guess and that was that was it okay I absolutely love that it's it's I think it's so nice to be like a heart kid and have such a, like a, a you know a normal childhood quote-unquote normal you know yeah. is there any point in time that you kind of think was there any point in time that you thought, you know, I, actually, I am a bit, I am different? Look, probably not until I was older and probably not until I had to face the pregnancy, the the conversations around pregnancy and about starting a family. Up until then, it was just quite normal. There were instances like one year I decided I was going to go in the cross country and mum and dad were like horrified because obviously like you would know as a heart patient, you get told you can't do this, you can't do that. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do that. And I actually made the team and mum came along with me. I remember mum coming and she said that she hated it. She stood there the whole time and she said she watched everyone else come over the hill and cross the line. And I was obviously one of the last people because obviously my heart and everything, but I did it. So it wasn't, yeah, it was, there was never a point during my childhood where I was different from anybody else. It was more so once I got to adulthood where my complications and everything came in then. Some people may call us stubborn, but I like to think we were determined, right? Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. I think mum and dad have picked up, don't say no to me because if you say no, I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to do it. We're birds of a feather, absolute birds <laughs> of a feather. I guess talking about, I suppose, coming into the conversation about pregnancy, that's incredibly daunting when you do have a CHD. How did you start to approach the concept of, okay, I, I want to have a baby? What did that look like? Well, I think we started talking about this. I think I would have been about 20, 21. I kind of had a serious partner there who, who I ended up marrying. And um, when I went to my cardiologist, mind you, I was still with my pediatric cardiologist at the time and I didn't change over till during my first pregnancy. So this conversation actually happened with my pediatric cardiologist. And at the time, there was really no one around that had had a baby as a Fontan. Well, no one that he knew and no one that any of the cardiologists in New South Wales knew. So it was a very daunting topic because straight up he said, look, we don't think that this is possible. You may never have kids. This is where we're at right now. But he said, I'm not going to close the door. We're going to go and do the stress tests, the monitors you know, all those things and we'll see where you're at and then we will come back around to it. So that's how the conversation started. And that, yeah, I must have been about 2021 20, at the time. Okay. So I guess moving into your, your first pregnancy, I think I'm 24 now and we're kind of having the same conversation <laughs> with my cardiologist. I don't have a partner though, so, <laughs> you know, hard things, but uh, <laughs> I'm hitting the dating apps, you know. But in terms of, I suppose, it's really daunting to kind of align a healthcare team to get what you need. How did you start family planning in terms of, okay, this is what we're going to do. 
what is my pregnancy going to look like? How am I going to deliver this baby? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, it was a bit of a weird one. I'm not going to, not even going to lie about it because it's not, as you know, it's not normal. You you just can't go, I'm going to have a baby and just have a baby. So we did all those stress tests and we, I got really good results back, really like awesome results. And my cardiologist said, hey, if you want to try, you can, let's start, like try, go ahead and try. Um, and it, but he did say at that time, he said, you have to have kids by the time you're 26. And that's when he wanted me to have them by because he didn't think I could have them after. And he did say straight up, he said, look, because of your heart condition, there's every chance that A, you may not fall, B, you may fall and it not happen or C, you may just have miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. Like there's no answer here. It's it's not like a normal pregnancy. So we're just going to go into it and kind of wing it a little bit, if you can say that. Like there was a lot of planning. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to do it. But we didn't have answers. We didn't have any other Fontan mums to look at and go, oh, they did this and they did that and all of that. The only thing is when I reached 12 weeks, they put me under the high-risk team at um, Westmead and they are fabulous. They've just been fabulous through all my pregnancies. So, yeah, that's where we started. We started there and we were like, okay, we'll see how this goes and then that's where we went from there. So what what age did you did you first fall pregnant with your first bub? I was 23 because I was given that timeline at the start. It, we kind of were like, well, it may take a while. Like if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but we have to start somewhere. And I fell pretty quickly actually, which was amazing. We were so amazed by that. And um, probably I, I probably was about oh, seven weeks along and I had a really heavy bleed and we thought, oh, miscarriage, you know, like we were warned about this. Okay, well, this is part of it. And at the time, well, I live out at Camden, so anywhere I go, I go straight to Campbelltown Hospital and I'd been to Campbelltown Hospital and they did some bloods and whatnot and they said, no, it's not a miscarriage. You still, Bubs is still there. So um, we carried along with that and then ended up at Westmead at 12 weeks. So Amazing. And what was the first delivery like? Uh, My first pregnancy and first delivery was amazing. I'm not even going to lie. She was just awesome. I had such a normal pregnancy. Nothing went wrong. The only different thing was going to Westmead and being under the team there. And then I I ended up having a natural birth at 37 weeks. I, will get, I got all the way to 37 Amazing. weeks with her. Had a full, it was full natural. I, the only thing is I, I did have a epidural. I, I did. That was one stipulation with the heart condition is that I had to have an epidural regardless. Natural birth, that is incredible. Yeah. I think all the advice that, that I get now is like, okay, you're going to have, you know, C-section is something that you really need to consider. But to hear a Fontan bub that's had natural birth, yep. amazing. Yeah, she, she was natural. And actually my third, I was given the option to have natural too. So there is Far you know, hope. There's hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know everyone's different, so, but, you know, like there is. It's good to know. Yeah. It's good to know. So Two and three were C-sections. How did Bub two and three? Two and three were C-sections. I had an absolutely horrible pregnancy with my second Bub. My water broke at 18 weeks with her and I, yeah, <laughs> I ended up in hospital with her from from then pretty much. But we were in and out. I had a new obstetrician. I was under a new obstetrician for the second birth and she was fabulous. She was brilliant. 
so 18 weeks my water broke. We got I was in and out of hospital because they didn't want to keep me in hospital in a bed. They wanted me moving still to get my blood flowing and moving around. So I was sent home and then towards the end, I think it was about from 30 weeks onwards, I was going every day, traveling over to Westmead to get monitored. And then at Molly's, my second one, I had her at 31 weeks and she, I had ended up having an emergency cesarean. We were trying to have her natural, but she was transverse. So she was laying across and she just, she's a stubborn little thing and she would not move. So (laughs) they did move her and they were ready for surgery and they couldn't move her. They got her to move took me back to delivery and they said, We're gonna you're gonna go natural again. And she went into distress and I had an emergency cesarean with her. That was a really scary pregnancy. And I guess she was she was she was nine weeks early, but she's just thrived. She's done amazing since she <laughs> came out. <laughs> Beautiful. And number your third bub. Yeah. Was that a planned cesarean? That one was a planned cesarean. Kip is my third and he's only eight weeks old tomorrow. And (laughs) so, yeah, he's only new. Recent. Congrats. He's a new, thanks. (laughs) That one was a planned cesarean, but it was only a planned cesarean because I was under the same obstetrician and we had learned a lot more by this time because my first pregnancy was nearly 11 years ago. And so 11 years on, there's so much more happening. And they told me to be ready for him to come by 28 weeks. So they said, you know, because Molly was 31 weeks, they said you could have him from 28 weeks. And Ruby got to 37 and they said they don't, they said, no, you'll have him early. And he just kept hanging in there. He kept staying and he wasn't budging. He wasn't moving. He was doing really well. Bubs did really well. My heart didn't do so well this pregnancy, but he just didn't move. So we got to 36 weeks and they went, hey, we're not going to let you go over 38 weeks. We're going to give you a date. And they gave me a date and they said, you won't make the date. Like, here's, you, you, your date's going to be 22nd of September, you'll have a cesarean. But they said, no, you'll go naturally before then. And even though I'd had cesarean before, they said, if you come in naturally, we'll go natural, we'll try natural. But because he hadn't, he wasn't coming, they said, no, we don't want to, we don't want to risk it. We've got this far, everything's so well, we'll just do plan cesarean. And it was, um, it was actually a really nice birth. It was just easy. It was, you know, we knew he was coming. There was no rushing to the hospital. It was awesome. And you said that you're, you know, you had a bit of a trouble with your heart in the third one. How's your heart now? Yeah. Yeah. It's doing good. I've actually, I had to, I was having really bad arrhythmia with this one, which is, I had a little bit with Molly, but not to this extent. So I got put on digoxin and I've just come off that this weekend gone and it's doing really well. So we're hoping it'll stay that way now and just carry on. I know that in, in the conversations that I have with my doctors, you know, there's always that, yeah, um, you always have kind of a 5% chance of passing on your heart condition to your babies. Yeah. How, are the, how are your baby's hearts? How are they? <sighs> All of them are perfect. All of them. They were only, there was only ever a scare with Kip um, my third one, we had gone into, we had actually gone out to Nepean to see the cardiologist at 16 weeks and he scanned and he was like, no, nope, nothing wrong, all good. And then when I went to a scan at Westmead, they kept picking up that he had a VSD and they were like, no, he's got a VSD. There's something there. There's, you know, like you're going to have to go back to the cardiologist. We're sure there's something there. And 
the cardiologist rang me. He's like, there's nothing there. Like I've checked. I know there's nothing there. And so we ended up going back to him and he looked and he's like, definitely nothing there. So he didn't end up having it. I just find sometimes, I don't know if you yourself, I find that having a heart condition myself, everyone just looks that extra little bit harder and they just go over everything. So even though he didn't have anything, it's, it's always they just thought he did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think um, I think it's 100%. They either look super hard or uh, it's my stubbornness that makes them yeah. look double hard, you know. <laughs> look, we, we got to the stage with my third pregnancy where my obstetrician wouldn't let anybody else see me because every time someone else that wasn't her saw me, I would end up with a thousand more problems than I actually had. <laughs> and she yes. knew. like, yeah. I, like The I big had long a, list. Yeah. Like I had a bad placenta and anyone who looked at the placenta was like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong here. But the placenta is bad because of my fontan. So it wasn't an issue. It's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this comes back to, right, like having a team that, you know, healthcare professionals that you trust who know you. Um, I guess that, that's been such a big thing for you and your journey, right? Oh, it's been massive. Look, the last day I left the hospital was really sad this time to say goodbye to them all because they've been a part of my life for 10 years now and we're done having kids so we won't go back there. Um, and they used to joke that I was just a part of the furniture in the end because some of the conversations they had around me and some of the things they said to me, the other doctors would look at them and be like, you can't say that to your patient. And I was like, they're like, oh, she's part of the furniture now. Like, it's, yeah, she knows. <laughs> she's part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's so important to have that really good relationship with, with your team because mm-hmm. it just makes it so much easier. Has that extended beyond, you know, the bubs as well? Do you have like regular GPs that that have been really, really reliable and good for you? Yeah, absolutely. I have one GP now and I would not go anywhere else. Um, I've been seeing him now since Ruby, who's my first, since she was born because I was looking for a new doctor and just happened to stumble across this doctor and he's brilliant. He just, he knows... Yeah, all my conditions in and out and I would hate to have to go to someone different all the time and explain them because, as you know, it's a lot of people don't understand and they look at your paperwork and they're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do with this person? So so he knows me That's it. That's really it. well now and it's, you know, he, he rings me up with results or he rings me up and says, you're overdue for this. Hurry up. You need to come and see me or something, you know, things like that. Perfect. I think that's the thing, right? I've got like a little, um, my notes app in my phone has all my medical history just in case because you never know. You always have to have it on hand. Yep. <laughs> the life. Oh. The life. So you've got Ruby, Molly and Kip now, yep. three bubs. How is how is the family? You know, eight weeks old and all, all oh. out and ready. Yeah. Look, awesome. I never, ever imagined of having, I guess, one child, let alone three now. And um a little boy to finish it off was just amazing. If if he was a girl, it would it'd be still be amazing. But <laughs> I never thought we'd get three in, <laughs> and to have him now is just awesome. And he is just the most laid back, chilled out little lad you'd ever you've ever met. So it's so it's easy. It's just yeah, yeah. It does feel surreal, but right. I think that like when I you know, when you're obviously coming from like a Fontan and a CHD's perspective as a, as a woman coming into pregnancy, you know, I think being quite young, you have all these perceptions around, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. 
what does the world kind of look like for me? But to now sit with you three bubs, I guess, looking back on all of that, you know, starting that journey, how does it feel to to sit where you are? Oh, I just feel so blessed. I really do. I, I, I can't even tell you. There's no words. It's just, it's insane. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. All my kids were miracles and, you know, it's, yeah, I know a few Fontan mums who have had babies and some that haven't been able to have babies and, just to be where I am is huge. It's and, and everyone that I've spoken to in this community, they just can't believe that I've gotten here because it's just not really heard of. Stepping into the future, what what's what are the plans? <sighs> Look, eight weeks from having a baby, there's we have no plans at the moment. <laughs> just no no more plans for any more kids because I know my cardiologist and obstetrician would kill me. <laughs> but yeah, no, just just to get into a rhythm as a family of five and find our feet and then go from there, maybe do a little bit of travelling and whatnot. But, yeah, no, that, at the moment, in the immediate future, it's just to get into that rhythm of life. Beautiful. Tegan, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your bub stories as well. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This podcast deals with some heavy things. If this brings up anything for you or somebody that you love, it's important to reach out for help. The Heart Kids Helpline provides support, advice and guidance for people impacted by childhood heart disease. You can call the helpline on 1800 432 785. To access more information about childhood heart disease as well as support from Heart Kids, visit the website heartkids.org.au. The information on this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice from your doctor or healthcare team. Always talk to your doctor about matters that affect your health or your family's health.